This is a production of 1217 Media. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I am Christian and I am so excited to be back. Yo, I took a nice long break. <laughs> Life has been real. Business has been great. And I am just so excited about all of the great things that are happening um, now in my personal life and my business life. Trying to get back in the flow of things so that I can start creating more content more consistently. But during the process of unindoctrinating myself from the teachings of, um, as I like to call it, toxic Christianity, um, I've had to really reconcile a lot of my feelings and my emotions and my beliefs from a lot of the things that I, you know, grew up learning and, and being taught. And it's not a bad thing, but it is just rewiring the inner parts of who I am and becoming who I desire to be and allowing Christ to live on the inside of me through that understanding and not through what anyone else pushed on me. And so if that seems like bitter church hurt or whatever, not a problem. Totally understand. That's your experience. That's your opinion. Um, and I have no right to invalidate what you perceive me to be. But what I do have the right to do is continue to share my truth and hopefully connect and make someone else feel a little bit better about their experience and not feel like they're destined for hell, crazy or imagining things because this is real. All right. Okay, <laughs> we're going to be talking about tithing. Um, and let me preface this, like give a little disclaimer. I do not use scripture text. So you're not going to find me taking text, putting scriptures up on the on this uh, screen. I'm not going to do that um, because I feel like, and I've said this before in previous videos, a lot of Christians use scripture to actually attempt to invalidate other people's uh, common sense and their beliefs and to make them wrong and just to validate themselves on that foundation of scripture only, but they haven't even like really uh, dive into it to find out what it really means and what the point or the purpose or the context of it is. And so I like to remove scripture from certain dialogue and discussions because it allows people to use their own common sense. Like just start looking at things for what they are, plain and simple. Don't give me no scripture because you don't even know what that means. That's something someone else has told you what it means. Um, and let's just talk human to human, life on life, experience to experience. And you tell me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, cool. But some of this stuff can be explained and you don't even ever have to open a Bible to get it. But you just have to be willing to do the work and find the revelation in the reality of the situation bars okay all right so um tithing tithing in the church right and i don't it's not in catholicism catholicism isn't a tithing ministry i don't think um i went to catholic school growing up but i wasn't a catholic um believer i, I didn't my family didn't practice catholicism we practiced christianity we were pentecostal um, holiness, however you want that to be broken down, honey, that's what we were and that's what we did. That's what my mama still do. Um, but so tithing, tithing in the simplest form is paying 10% on all that you earn. 10% of everything that the Lord blesses you with belongs to him. All right. So you give him 10, he lets you keep the 90. He ain't even roll up on you for all of it. He just asks you for 10% of what you earned. Okay, cool. The thing about the 10% in the tithing for me is that it's never enough. It's never enough. The 10% tithe is never enough. They always need more. There's always something else that you can be giving. And the 10% the isn't just like on your regular paycheck. It's on any increase in life. 
um, the way that I was brought up and taught. Whatever you get, like if somebody gives you a birthday card with money in it, it's fifty dollars. You got to run the Lord his five on Sunday, right? Um, and it's okay if that's your belief system. And I have to preface this repeatedly throughout this video. Everything concerning you as an individual is according to your beliefs. Your life is the sum total of what you believe. If you believe that a lot of accidents happen when it's raining and that you could possibly get into one, that's your belief. That's what you believe. A belief is, sim is simply a thought that you continue to um, accept as truth, period. Period. There are people who don't believe the Bible, right? The uh, Christianity, the Bible, because they're not Christians. They don't believe the Bible. They don't operate off the same thought process, mindset, um, values, or any of that that Christians, that believers do because they don't believe it. So they have a different set of principles that guide their lives, that structure what they do and how they move. And we have to respect that. So when it comes to tithing, it's a belief system. If you believe that tithing in church only is what renders you success and growth and the ability to thrive and to have abundance and to be blessed, that's exactly what's going to, that's what it's going to take in order for you to experience those things. You're going to have to tithe in order to experience success or abundance or whatever, because you believe it only comes through tithing. But there are people who don't go to church and still practice the law of sowing and reaping. Period. That's all tithing is. It's the belief of sowing and reaping now in modern times and in these days, not biblical terms and biblical times where they were, you know, bringing their tithes and their offering to the synagogue and to um, the, yeah, the synagogues or whatever. And the priests were literally in there praying over the, the tithes and the offering and burning them junks up and sending them up to the Lord. Whether that was a sacrifice of animals um, of your God, of your earthly possessions, right? Jewelry, um, frankincense, myrrh, gold, whatever. They were burning that stuff up and sending it up to the Lord. Like that's just how they was rolling or to whatever deity or God that they were serving or worshiping at the time. And so now in these days, we don't burn money. That money goes somewhere. And I ain't gonna say it's going to your pastor's house, his car, his suits, his 52 piece suits, his snake skin boots, um, and his wife's photo shoots because Lord, honey, these people love to be on a flyer. OK, I feel like some pastors should like be pastors by day and graphic designers by night because they love to put themselves on a flyer, honey. I'm so sick and tired of seeing uh, pastors and pastors wives on flyers. I don't know what to do. It's just like, are we here for y'all or are we just trying to invite people to church? Because I don't understand why I keep seeing your face. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. That is the principle of tithing. You give 10% plus offering whatever the Lord lays on your heart to give over your 10%. And then that's what allegedly opens you up for the manifestations of the Lord. So just pour and rain down on your life. Now, let me say that I have not been a um, consistent churchgoer in the last five years. Y'all probably like sis. That's not good. I'm okay. I'm thriving. I'm blessed. All right. I don't go to the church house. I don't go to the building, but I am still a part of the Lord's house. All right. He still dwells within me. This is his house. This is the temple. And I respect it. I love it. I value. I appreciate it. I do not judge other people for what they believe. I don't even care what other people believe. That's how free I am. I'm free to accept what I know to be my truth. And I'm free to let everybody else choose their own path. I'm not out here trying to soul win. May even sound crazy to some people, but soul winning is not 
a mission for me because I realize that my light is better um, viewed and can be seen better when I'm actually genuinely free myself. And people will see that and will ask, wow, how do you like, what is it? And where did you get this? And it's like, then I can share, right? So if your life is evidence of you really being free and happy, you'll always have a platform and an opportunity and an open door to share with people who will seek you out, who will see that light like a beacon on a hill and run to it to find out what it is that's causing it to shine so bright. So that's where I am in my journey. And it's a process to get here. That's all I can say. But I have not been in church consistently for uh, five years, um, over the last five years. And while we do not get, while we do not tithe to a local church, just one church, we tithe in other ways. And I have some points over here um, that I'll, you know, reference or whatever and go back and forth with. But number one, who, who is, who is it for? Who are you tithing to or who are you tithing for? Um, scripturally in church, they will tell you that you're tithing unto the Lord. It is to um, increase the kingdom. It is to build the kingdom. The scriptures always use majority during um, offering times. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me and tithe an offering. That scripture text is used so much, I'm sure, on Sundays that even the words on the pages probably want to disappear because they are tired of that scripture. Well, the Bible should be tired of that scripture being used without ever really being exercised in multiple ways. I am of the mind process and the thought process that just as members give to their local church, the church should also tithe back into the membership. It has to me, this is just my opinion, it should be a revolving door. Even in scripture, if you read it and you know the stories of Jesus and how he gave, right? There are not a lot of scripture. I don't even know if there are any scriptures because again, I'm not a theologist. I don't know the Bible uh, uh, book, chapter and verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept. That's never what I said here and said that I was and I'm not gonna try to act like I know and I'm not gonna pause this video to Google it either. But I do not recall any reference points in scripture that said that Jesus gave money to any mission, cause or synagogue or any priest or any high priest or whatever. He gave his tithing in my thought, in my eyes, was the works that he did. He sold into other people's lives from the skills that he had that people could benefit from and actually live a full life. And so that's what I was saying earlier in the video. Sometimes well, a lot of times we're preached to or taught that you have to be in church in order to be, you know, effective or to really be used. And that's not true. If Christ dwells within you, it doesn't matter if you never step foot in the church. That's a building. That's a location that can be found on GPS. But God can't be found on GP GPS, baby. God is wherever you are. That dwells within you. That spirit lives and flows. It has its being in who you are as an individual. We're all little gods. We're all walking around as a piece, an extension of who our creator is and was. And so we have to accept that. We have to understand that. We have to come to, you know, accept that truth and that reality that, hey, the very thing that I'm supposed to be tithing into never really pours back into me. Every time something else is needed, they come and hit me up for it. But if the church is really flourishing and growing and flowing and being a light the way that it should be, there should be no need that is not met in your local ministry, period. That's all I'm saying. It's just, 
if the church you're going to has an issue with being able to meet the goals or the desires that it has to grow and to be effective in the community, hopefully that's what majority of your churches are asking for your donations to actually give more to the community instead of building up these large edifices just to be able to seat thousands of people for what? Like, why? Why do we need mega churches i don't understand that i don't understand why we need mega churches you have yet to find a chick-fil-a that has expanded its building just because the parking lot gets like packed they don't do that they just get a better process in order to get the people through the line happy and with their right you know with their with the right order but church for some reason while it is operated like a business always seeks to enlarge its own territory it seeks to only increase its presence in square footage. And it's like, hmm, that just makes you wonder, like, do you want more souls or do you want more seats filled? Cause it's, com I'm confused. Um, well, I was confused. I'm not confused anymore. I understand now, but it's really sad because the person or the people or the, the, the goal of tithing should not be only to increase the ministry um, in square footage. It should be to increase the outreach, increase the engagement, increase the giving, increase the sacrifice and the ability to actually be impactful in the lives of those who are consistently sowing into the ministry. Whether you have a 1300 square foot building or a 20,000 square foot building, all of that space needs to be used to advance the people who come in there on a weekly basis to worship, to do life on life, to be a part of group, you know, group settings or whatever. Um, it should really be a sacred, safe place for everybody to dwell together and to be happy. And there's something you want to see that turn into. Like when I pay my bills, I want my lights to still be on. When I pay my bills, I want to still have car insurance. So you expect whatever you give to, to actually be able to provide something to you. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Some of y'all just need to stop accepting good hooping and hollering messages as your return on your investment. Like, I'm not sorry. That should no longer be enough because <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't be enough for me. Like the man of God is out here up all night, tearing and praying. No, baby, get up, get up off the floor. Come over here. Like during the panorama, has any of y'all pastors asked you if y'all need help paying your bills? Has anybody's pastor stood up over the pulpit and said, we know that things are going on and some members may not be able to do X, Y, and Z. We know gas prices recently has spiked. So this Sunday, instead of you guys tithing into the ministry, the ministry is going to tithe into you. I don't hear y'all. Let me one little break. Okay. Yeah, y'all didn't hear that. I didn't think so. And those are the things that you should start asking. Who am I tithing to? Who am I tithing for? What is returned to me? Don't just keep selling to me that I should be tithing in order to receive blessings outside of church. No, 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 baby. I want you to run me my blessings right now in here. Like, let me see what we doing. Are we giving out $25 vouchers or check, you know, little checks or, you know, whatever, or calling up members and saying, um, sister Johnson, pastor told me to call. Um, can you let me know your, your light bill total for this month? Right. That's not happening. That's not happening. And if it were to be happening, more people would actually be excited to give and you wouldn't have to preach to them about going to hell or being cursed if they don't. More people would freely give if they were freely sold into as well. 
And so it's very difficult when there's no reciprocation there from the very house, right? The kingdom that from the very church house that wants the most out of your home. All right, moving right along. Um, where does it go? So we talked about that a little bit earlier. Where does tithe and offering go? Now it's supposed to go to the running of the ministry um, and the upkeep of that, but I operate a business. So I know what it is to have, you know, payment due on your, on your space, your commercial space or whatever that is, your lights, your water, your gas, your electricity, well, yeah, your electricity is your lights. Um, internet, I would say upkeep, maybe, possibly cleaning supplies but for a, a building for some of y'all that's going to be smaller churches y'all ain't got that much overhead i mean i'm just not lying y'all ain't got that much overhead i feel like there's not enough transparency in church for me which is why i would not i will not go back to the um the what is the word to the standard format of tithing um because there's not any financial transparency like for my company we're not a public traded company so i don't have to release my you know my bank statements or my tax income my tax information to the public um that's not something i have to do a church who has a separation of church and state and has a 501c3 that never gets audited don't have to pay taxes nobody ever knows where their money goes period and nobody ever comes and asks them for proof and the members don't either and they should like there should be full transparency in the house of the Lord. That's just my belief. And I would not go to church if that was not given. And I don't, and I mean on a quarterly basis, just like my CPA want to know, run me them numbers, pastor. Let's have a nice Friday night service. A nice, a nice member Friday quarterly to just go over what the church's revenue was, where it went. And what we're expecting to do in the next quarter. What what are we, what is our outreach efforts? What are our outreach efforts, right? Are we setting up scholarships or grants for the children in the ministry whose parents are giving towards the ministry? That's what be blowing me. Y'all don't have no expectations of y'all church houses. Like, it's crazy. I, I would not give my money anywhere that I wasn't also getting a return on that in some shape, form, or fashion. I just listed off the bills that I pay as an adult. And when you're giving, you want something in return. You don't go to get food from a fast food place, pay your money, and then they just be like, okay, thank you, have a nice day. No, you go to the next window for your meal, right? So it should be the same way. I was raised in a church, a smaller ministry, from the, my mom was pregnant with me when she started going to our church home, well, to my childhood church home. And single mama four, ain't nobody ever asked mama if she needed help. Ain't nobody ever ran my mama no money. Now, I'm not saying that they had to, but I'm saying she's been giving committed, committed when she didn't have it, when we did not have it, when we had to get food from, you know, uh, food kitchens and pantries and things like that. My mother didn't have it. She was a faithful tithe payer, a faithful church goer, would lug all four of us to church. It didn't matter. My mama didn't even have a car. At a, at, for a large part of our childhood. And mother would make sure she was on that church van with all four of us. And it was never asked as a tithe payer what she needed help with. And so you have to start asking yourself, where is this going? What do we discuss and talk about? Every The only time as a member you get information on what's needed is when something is needed. Or, or the only time you get information on what's going on is when there's something needed from you. 
And so just as you wouldn't like your family members to only call you when they need something, it shouldn't be like that with church. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, you're getting preached at and talked at and, you know, uh, yelled at and chastised. But when they need some, it's all love. It's all given. It'll be given back to you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together and run it over. That's the only time you got something nice to say to me? Hmm? Okay. Cool. Not a problem. Just want me back. <laughs> so you have to start asking yourself, where is this going? Will it ever go back into the people who are actually giving? Will there ever be an abundance in the ministry that allows us to give more than what is required of us to give? And so people just should have those questions. These are common sense questions that you have a right to ask. But none of us have ever been told this and none of us have ever been extended this courtesy from the people who speak to us on a weekly basis demanding that we give them our money. Just think about it, something to think about. Um, the next question, how can you tithe if you don't have money? Um, very often it's taught in the black church specifically that you are to give out of your need. You are to sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I've grown up hearing it. I still hear pastors say this. Obedience is better than sacrifice. If you believe it is, then it is. If you believe that you have to give your last in order to get more, that's how you're going to live. If you believe that God only comes through or that blessings only show up for you when you're down at the very last to the very last, that's literally going to continue to be your experience. Have you ever like noticed when testimony service used to be going forth and people would be saying, I was down to my last and I didn't know how I was going to make it because that's what you've kind of. That's what you started accepting as your reality. That's when God comes through. He comes through for you when it ain't no other options. You've, you've allowed yourself to accept that level of struggle in order for that level of breakthrough. It may be okay for you, but I don't like my stomach at night and knots. I don't like losing sleep or being restless and tired and crying out and, you know, begging and pleading for something to go right for me. That's not normal. But if you believe that that's the only way you get a breakthrough and you get a manifestation of goodness and glory and grace, that will be your experience all the days of your life. Literally, you will be chasing after the Lord in his blessings forever. And people should get tired of doing that, but they're not. So you can, how do you tithe if you don't have money? You can tithe with your time. You can tithe with your, your skills, with your knowledge. You can, there are so many other ways you can give. You can be a giver and not really have to have money to do it. There are people who are not Christians who still give. They are tithers. They, they teach people. They mentor. Um, they sacrifice other ways. They are, you know, down at um, better and abused women's shelters, right? Like they are, um, what is the word? Volunteering. When you volunteer, that's a form of tithing. Like I said earlier, Jesus tithed in ways that were not financial, he stayed blessing people. That was nothing for him to drop a blessing on somebody, to multiply or to increase who they were or what they had or healing them from sickness. That was his form of sowing. And he reaped that. He already knew what he was sent here for anyway. If you believe in the Bible, then you would agree with what I'm saying. But if you don't, this ain't your belief system, not a problem. But if we go off scripture text, Jesus even knew, he knew his mission. And he knew what he didn't have, but he didn't allow what he didn't have in the earthly possessions to keep him from the spiritual realm of actually still being a benefit to those around him who needed him. 
There have been times when people have needed what I have, my resources, my knowledge, my wisdom, my understanding, my experience, and I give it freely. Now, there are some people that I do charge for consultations and my information because I've had to put in time to learn it. And sometimes people learn better and take things more serious when they've invested in it. Not a problem. That's different. That's business. That's not ministry. But when we're talking about ministry and people that don't have it to give, we should make people feel bad about not having it. That's when there's a blurred line and it starts becoming, um, to me, possessive and controlling and manipulative. Manipulative. When we're telling you that if you don't have it, if you don't give, even if it's your last, you're wrong. That's sick. That's toxic. That you have adults who feel pressure to unlink, to relinquish their money that they don't know how things are going to get paid throughout the week. They don't have anybody else to call. They can't come up to pastor at the end of the service and say, pastor, I gave my last and I really, you know, my rent is due tomorrow. And what do you think your pastor going to say? Now, if you really want to know what I think you should say is daughter, see me, see me in my office. Me and my wife are going to write you a check like that's sacrifice, right? That's obedience on his part from your sacrifice in the ministry. But it will never be seen like that because they always need your money. Surely they don't want to give it right back out to you. They've already accounted for where they're going to put that money and it never had anything to do with you. <laughs> so I'm just saying you can still tithe without actually having money. You don't have to have money to give um, in the name of the of the Lord, if you will. There are people that can be blessed from what it is you have to offer. And it doesn't always have to come in monetary value. And so just keep that in mind and take that guilt and that shame off of yourself. Because I know that guilt is real. I felt that before. Being ashamed to um, not raise your hand during services. I've lied during offering services. Like at guest churches, I'm just being 1,000 right now. I have been a guest at certain churches and... There's been so much intense pressure for everybody to get a seat in their hands that I folded up paper. Don't, don't play with me. I'm telling you, I've lived it. I've been there, done that, ain't going back. I've done, I've been there. Get a seat in your hand. Everybody in this building, even the kids, put something in your kid's hand. Why? Why are we doing this? For you? Because you already got your honorarium guest pastor, Right? Okay, um, it's it's insane. There are guest pastors who have an honorarium plus they want a percentage of the offering that's raised. Think I'm playing. I'm not playing. This is a real life, you guys. They want their money before they even come through the door and sit in the pulpit. And they want you to run them a percentage of what's collected in those baskets. Now, you better go ask somebody because I know. I've seen it up close and personal front hand front row and center and so I've been there where I've wanted to have something in my hand because I didn't want I was ashamed like I didn't have any money like my husband and I didn't have money when we first got married it wasn't like an excess of funds just flowing through our hands and our pockets but you didn't want to be that person that didn't have anything to give you felt like you were being watched by everybody not just the pastor but even the other people in the church watching you not giving anything I faked putting something in the basket before I held on the pennies and coins so tight in my hand only to get to the basket and like reach my hand deep down there and, and release it because I didn't want nobody to see I only gave change. This is real. And this is why I say it's bondage. There's so much bondage in some of the belief systems that don't really make it a pleasure to serve the Lord because it turns into bondage for you to please man. It can't be a pleasure to serve God when you're in bondage to man. 
when they're making you feel like you're doing everything wrong and it's not pleasing in God's sight. So you just have to find that medium, like that, that, that balance there that says, no, my father knows what I'm going through. My creator understands my heart. He knows my heart. And even if you don't, you're just going to have to be mad because I don't have to explain it to you. I've already taken it up with him and I feel just fine. I don't feel justified. Mm, I feel just fine. Come on. I don't need you to justify me. I feel just fine because I've already talked to him. So when the increase flows, I'll choose where I place that. Maybe I'll tithe here if I want to. Maybe I'll give to somebody I see that's homeless. Maybe I'll pay it forward as some people say. That's a form of tithing. People who pay for your food in front of you. People who pay your water or light bill and you're surprised when you get there and it's a zero balance. Somebody has tithed into you. They don't have to go to church to do that. That's an everyday choice to sow and then you will reap. Because when you're sowing, you're actually giving out of abundance. When you're tithing, you're giving out of abundance. That's your way of basically saying, I have enough to give from and still have what I need. Still have my needs met. So when you give, it should never be from a begrudging place. I'm like that now, even in regular life. I don't give anything that I don't feel good giving. Because nothing should be given with the thought process of, well, I'm giving this only so I can get some back. Okay. Like what? <laughs> what you want a cookie for that? That's what you should be expecting. But when you give from a perspective of heavy heaviness, like you're sad, you're anxious, you don't know if you're going to get it back or whatever. You're looking and waiting, you know, pacing back and forth, checking the mailbox every day that week. That's giving from a, 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 a lack, a lack place, a, a place of lack from a, um, a place of scarcity, a mindset of scarcity where you're just like, you don't know where the next is coming from. I give from abundance. Oh, I have more than enough to give this. Think like that. And if you can't think like that, keep it until you can feel that. Keep it until you feel good when you give it. Because that's when it matters the most. Because you don't need it to come back to you. You just know that you have more than enough to never miss it leaving. Mm. That'll preach. That's why I said I don't take scripture text. Because a lot of the stuff is common sense. But we've allowed other people to tell us what should be our truth. Instead of accepting what we know is actually true for us. Because everybody's truth is not the same. Let's be very clear here. We don't have the same backgrounds, experiences, and information. It's different for everybody. It's different for everyone. My truth is not your truth. And your truth is not my reality. And I do not have to accept it as such. And neither do you. And vice versa. So keep that in mind. Um, and then lastly, before I get to some myths of tithing. And then we're going to wrap this up. Okay. Um, what should you expect from being a tither? What you should expect from being a tither, like I said, is the law of reciprocity, right? Sowing and reaping, what you put out there is what you're giving back. The energy that you give it in is the energy that you that you receive it back in. And it's funny because there's even scripture for that. Give, right? When you give from a happy heart, when you give from a joyful place, it comes back to you. That's what be blowing me again about scripture and church people. There are so many principles that are just regular everyday life beliefs and understandings and values too that people don't put together. You don't ever have to take a scripture text if you just take um, uh, beliefs for what they are and just understanding the basic principles of treating people right, 
practicing fairness and actually being consistent in your beliefs that they always work out for you. Things always work out for you. Things are always going well. Gift, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. Where do you think that come from? I mean, these are principles that, like I just said, be happy when you give. Think about the fact that even if it's $5, man, I'm able to give this out of what I have and not miss it. It's the small things that open the door for larger blessings. Start where you are. Start where you are. It can be so easy. There's been, there was a time a couple of weeks ago, um, my husband went to pick up some food for me from a barbecue spot. And when he came back, um, he said that one of the, the girls, you know, that worked at the barbecue restaurant, I guess she had got off, she had ordered her some food and she was getting ready to pay for it, but she didn't have some money or something. Like she didn't have all the money she needed. Her car got declined. And my husband said, he asked her like, how much do you need? And she told him, and he was like, okay, just bring her food up with mine. That's tithing. That's sewing. That's giving, right? That has to come back to him in some way. So he may have seen that happen for him in the week ahead. You know, somebody saying, oh yeah, just put his on my tab. Or somebody sending him an email and him getting a new client that week, right? Getting a website. And it could have been five figures of a website when he only gave her a couple of dollars on some barbecue. The point is, you're in a position to do it. And instead of it being a burden for you, you accept the blessing in your abundance to not miss it when you do it. If you do it with an attitude and begrudgingly in any point in your life, that can be with anything, Anything, you guys, not just giving money, but any action that you take. If you do it with anger, attitude, resentment, bitterness, strife, you're going to get that back. You are. And so when we talk about tithing, that's what you should expect. When you give, you should expect it in the same measure in which you gave it. So just try to, you know, flush your way through those feelings and process your way through that. And also understand that you're not you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to get it right. You're not going to always favor those things and you're not going to always see it immediately, but you should accept it from the moment you give it that, Hey, I gave that from a good place, right? I'm not giving it demanding anything back immediately, but when it comes, I'm going to be ready for it. And I accept that. I accept it. And I'm grateful that I had it to give. And so that's how you should think. If I can't pay my full tides this week, I'm grateful that I had something to give the end, the end. I'm just trying to tell you, free yourself, free yourself, because nobody else will do that for you. If something were to happen to you and you were dead and gone and passed away, your membership, would, you wouldn't get no gold plaque or no gold star as if you was in L.A. on, <laughs> you know, you're not getting no gold star on the Walk of Fame. They're not going to put nothing in the vestibule, with your, put your name on none of the vestibule. They're just going to move on to the next one. They're going to expect something from the next people. So you have to not put yourself in bondage, allow yourself to be in bondage and to feel bad about where you are in life financially, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually, not realizing that you can expect the greatness from who you are from within. And if God, again, has uh, given you that peace, that's just fine. I don't have to be justified by man. I'm just fine with what God has already told me about me. All right. So that's what you should expect from being a tither. I saw a, a meme that was so silly and it was just, oh, yeah, it made me cringe. A first lady posted it, which I can't stand when pastors wives or pastors themselves post these posts from other people like these churchy posts, but they don't post them themselves. They just reshare it. And it's like, OK, well, you agree with what you just posted. Like, 
why are you doing this? It's so irky. But she had posted, she had reposted a meme that said, um, tithe payers or people who pay tithes ain't got to worry about these gas prices. God got you. Ew. Do. Oh, so it was the Lord that got out there and filled that tanker for $75 when it used to cost me uh, 29 It was, mm, I understand. I understand. It wasn't me who went to work last week and had the money in my bank account. You have to understand that you can't say things like that to people who tithe or don't tithe because there are people who do tithe and they still don't have a financial breakthrough. Like, do you understand how warped it is to be out here sh saying things like that, like shedding, like shaming people in that regard? You have to watch your mouth when you're talking to people who you also want to give to you. I can't imagine talking crazy to customers and then expecting them to turn around and patronize my business. Some of y'all doing this wrong. I'm sorry. Some of y'all is hustling backwards because <laughs> that's crazy. Tide payers ain't got to worry about gas prices. God got you covered. Do. Okay. Okay. All right. Go off, sis. You saying this to people who probably are tithers and they still don't have the money they need to fill their tank. Explain that to them. Get the scripture for them. So they live in foul. They doing something wrong. God don't like them. Oh, okay. I th that's what I thought you said. So you have to understand that when you put that kind of rhetoric out there, you can only end up hurting somebody or falling flat on your face. More than likely, you're going to do both. So you should stop. All right. Okay. So that, that kind of covers the tithing conversation. But lastly, I want to talk about a few myths of tithing. You're cursed. You'll be cursed with a curse if you don't give. Um, I don't know who's handing out these curses, but I worship a God of love. He does not want to see me suffer. And he understands if I don't have it, I do not accept that I'm going to be cursed, that I'm going to have problems with my health, that I cannot go to the Lord in prayer and ask him for anything because I didn't give. He's going to be like, nope, you didn't run me my 10. So you won't be saved within. That's foul. Don't believe it. It's a myth. Don't accept that as your truth. If you believe that, it will be true for you. If you believe that, it will be true for you. If you don't believe it, it will not affect you. If you believe it, it will be true for you. I know people, and y'all probably know people, you probably have done this, where you're like, yeah, I know it was a time when I wasn't tired and things was going wrong for me. Because mm -hmm. you believe that you would be cursed. I don't accept that. I don't believe that anything that happens in my life is because I didn't give money. I don't believe that. Now, maybe something else I may believe that may cause me not to give money, but that's my belief. I don't believe that not tithing brings a curse upon my family. I just don't. So you choose what you believe. Uh, the next myth, things will get better if you tithe. There are people who use the tithing system in their minds. They believe this as a way to get ahead and it works for them. I don't know what else to tell you. They believe it will work for them and it does. So if you think that when you hear certain people giving testimonies or advancing or experiencing abundance and success, that's because they believe if they tithe, that will render those results for them. And they're right. It does. They put their energy and their emotion towards that. And that's what actually manifests in their reality. You have to hear me again when I say whatever you believe is what will be your reality. Period. It just is. And it's easier for some people than others. We've just been taught the struggle, but that's not really what you should be accepting as your truth. You don't have to have a struggle chapter in your life, but if you believe you do in order to get ahead and to glow up, 
That's what you're going to experience. And you will still get to your glow up, but you'll have a lot of scars on your back to get there when you could have just changed your belief system the whole time. That, oh, this is easy for me. Oh, I don't have no problems with money. Money come to me easily. Oh, I can go ahead and buy this. I'm going to make some more next week. If you believe that, that's what you're going to experience. Period. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What's that? Is that a lie? Is that a lie? Mm, I didn't think so. Okay. Um, God isn't obligated to bless anyone who doesn't tithe. So God out here choosing who he not going to give stuff to. Trust me. I know some people who've been tithing for over 30 years. And trust me, I don't think God is looking at them like, nah, sis, it ain't time for you yet. No, it's them. It ain't him. It ain't the Lord that's saying not yet. It's you that don't believe it's your turn yet. It's some people that believe they have to keep going through things for the sake of the Lord in order to get to where they want to be in life. And so that's their experience. God is not obligated to bless you if you don't tithe. So you're saying that his hands are tied behind his back to give me money because I sold. I don't really think that our creator cares about money. I just don't. I just don't. Because if that's the case, he's surely choosing a lot of rich people right now. He's making sure that the top 3% of the world, right? Because majority of the wealth in the world is owned by 3% of 3%ers. The 1%. The majority of the wealth in the world is owned by 3% of the population. Y'all have to look at the facts. So if God is not obligated to bless you because you didn't tithe, so he obligated to bless them, huh? Where they tithing? Oh, philanthropy. Mm, yes, missions. Oh, yes. Building houses over in Africa and third world countries. Yes, sending water by the gallons in the case and building wells. I say, I say, they tithing today. That's all forms of tithing. And all of those people are pizzied. All right, but y'all sit up and, and, and listen to the wealth of the wicked is later for the just. Who the just? Just them? Because it ain't you. You're not getting the wealth. So is it just them? Is their wicked wealth and they're the just as well? No, ma'am. No, sir. I'll be the just and they not wicked. They're getting their money with the same belief system that you refuse to accept as truth. And it's on your scriptures. It's in your Bible and you still won't believe it for yourself. But they accept it in worldly in world form and they're manifesting it every day. They're making money while they sleep. Passive income, baby. What we think passive income is to them is literally sneezing and making $300,000 in a second. It's not the same. <laughs> so that's another myth. God isn't obligated to bless anyone who doesn't tithe. Toxic thought process, toxic reality. Don't accept it as your truth. If you don't believe it, it does not affect you. All right. Last but not least, um, if you don't tithe, you're robbing God. Again, I've never known God to, know, to need my money for any advancements in the kingdom. If he wants to bless, if he wants to send somebody tomorrow to your church with a $100,000 check or a blank check at that, he would. The power that is working in who our creator is, <coughs> I don't want to say he because I don't know if God has a sex, right? Like that's again, a belief that we've been taught. He, God is a he. I'm not saying God is a she, but I'm just saying that spirit doesn't have gender. So period, I'm gonna work on that. Possibly say them, I don't know. Um, but God doesn't, doesn't need our money. Whatever God wants to do, he can do it. Whatever God wants to do, the spirit can do it.
does not need your tithe and offering to do it. There are people who have built churches miraculously with very little membership or have built ministries from the ground up with very, very few help, with very little help, very few members and have grown it. And that does take a part of common sense and business sense and acumen and, and ability to believe. They believe that they will have that and they do. I don't know what else to tell you. There have been things that have happened in my life that there is no plausible explanation. None. And it's happened because I believed it would. I accepted that as my reality before it actually physically manifested in front of me. I accepted it as, as my truth. I believed that it could. And so when it, when it came to pass and it happened, I wasn't shocked by it. I've had that happen several times where people are like, can you believe it? I'm like, mm-hmm. Because I believed it like six months ago. Mm, a year 30 days ago I believed it so whatever you believe is what you actually will experience and so that's the biggest part about tithing don't let other people make you feel guilty about what you can do or what you can't do if you do tithing you give understand that you can tithe in more than just a financial way money isn't the only way that you can tithe and that whatever you're expecting to get back don't let it be with any strife anxiety or resentment in your heart let it really be free flowing from the abundance in which you have been blessed with and that can be 10 percent. that can be five percent that can just be whatever you want to give but don't let anybody make you feel guilty especially when they're not giving you any information on where your abundance is going and that's all i'm saying i want to know show me receipts recipes i want to see receptacles where's my money going and that's not saying that I won't keep giving, but it's just saying like, let's have full transparency and let's just um, not operate so much in secrecy. And then every time something is needed, you want me to pay more. How are you managing what I am giving? If you do use the, the, the scripture right about um, being a good steward of what God has blessed you with, it's so much irony in that that I can't ask you how you're using my tithes. Like, why is it that you all keep needing money for things? To get the church van fixed, right? To get the youth some of this, so to, to take this trip here and pass is getting ready to go here. And we want to bless him. My tithes. What do y'all do with the tithes, baby? What is we doing with that? Tell me. So I can choose if I want to give in a free willing heart offering on top of that. So if we can't ask for if you can't ask for that level of transparency and have those expectations or an ROI when certain things happen in your life and you need to go to the church and they can't freely give. You need to start asking yourself, who am I giving to and what am I giving for? Who am I giving this to and what am I tithing for? Because the blessing should flow to me just as much as the blessings that flow through me to this church happen. You have to be blessed outside of your church in order for you to come to church and tithe. If you don't have a job outside of church, you can't tithe. So the Lord has to bless you outside of the church in order for you to be a blessing to the church. But how can you sit in that same church and they never want to bless you? Job. Okay. All right, y'all. Well, I've enjoyed <laughs> my first video back. It'd probably be a very controversial one. It's a little longer, but I just definitely wanted to come back in, jump into the seat, get back, you know, the uh, give my little flow back up, uh, uh, up on me. And um, I'm excited about it. I think this will be a, a great section and topic to continue to expound upon with different church topics. The next up that we will talk about is um love, loving, um, homosexual homosexuals like what does god say about gay people uh that is a huge 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 major topic and i have some thoughts on that i've evolved on the topic and a lot of people won't want to hear that but doesn't matter 
I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it so that the love of God is felt and seen through me to all of those who may need it. And it's not about pleasing you or making it acceptable for you. It's about doing what's best for all of those around me who I do have to exist with on this earth and be a light to them in their life as well. So uh, catch me in the next one. It's my two cents. And I'll see y'all later. Bye. This is a production of 1217 Media.